Many people say that music is a universal language. If that's the case, I would like to use music as a platform to talk about health. My name is Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I'm a full-time practicing physician who loves music and the way it affects our brains, our bodies, and our well-being. We'll be discussing topics that affect all of us, from mental health to body image, cancer screening to stroke. Our health is truly our greatest asset. Hopefully, these discussions will improve the health of our community. Welcome to Music and Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. I am so excited to be joined today by a drummer extraordinaire. Mr. Lawrence Bro, he has literally traveled all over the world and performed, it seems like everywhere. He is one of the most sought after drummers when it comes to touring and certainly has been on the international circuit as well as here in the US. So I wanted to go right there and talk about your love for this um, instrument and just really sort of how it all got started in the beginning because I think that can inspire people so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, looking forward to this interview. Uh, for me, man, I started playing drums when I was, uh, Jesus, I think I didn't start playing until I was maybe around nine or 10, honestly. Uh, but I always knew that I wanted to play drums. Uh, my mother was a choir directress. Uh, she still is a choir directress. My father was a singer and my whole entire family, you know, is a musically inclined family. So I would just go to rehearsals with my mom and just sit next to the drums, man, and just watch the drummer go for it. And just uh, for me, man, just one day, I just uh, I just mustered, mustered up enough courage to jump on the drums when the drummer wasn't in rehearsal, man. And literally, I felt like from that point on, you know, I felt like I wouldn't say my career started, but my definitely my path of of of, uh, of of and the love for the instrument started and uh, i just really haven't looked back since man sure well it certainly seems that way talking about you know seizing the opportunity and many times you hear yeah. that about go-getters they just seem to just have an affinity who were some of your inspirations who are some of the artists that you yourself <laughs> admire and try to emulate well for me you know it would be drummers that you will probably wouldn't know because they were mainly church drummers because that's all I listened to, you know? So I wasn't familiar with any of the secular guys or rock guys or anything like that, uh, you know, necessarily like I am now. So, you know, it was just like, you know, people like Jamie Gamble, you know, Nissan Stewart. Uh, again, these are just guys that you probably wouldn't know, you know, Vincent Jackson, you know, uh, these are all church guys. And I just was, I just go to church, man, and just, just marveled at the, at the, at the drums, you know, and the way that they played it, you know, so. Everybody knows that it is still a business and it can be so hard to maintain momentum when sometimes there's setbacks. What do you think were some of the key opportunities that you got and how they came about and really sort of set you on this trajectory for basically being able to really do what you love at a higher level than just only performing in a small setting? Well, for me, for me, it was always something that I wanted to do. You know, I knew that I wanted to play drums like I, you know, so I went to auditions, you know, a, a lot of word of mouth. So I really started with the smaller gigs. You know what I mean? I started in church and then that kind of segue into playing with like, you know, smaller uh, artists and smaller clubs and stuff like that. I mean, I was playing in clubs, man. since I was 16 years old. Like I wasn't even old enough to be in there. Right. You know, so they were like, you know, you, you after you play, you got to leave. <laughs> Of course, I didn't leave all the time, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, I just always, it just kind of just went from, 
from from one from one step to the next to the next to the next to the next you know um and then i i got the opportunity to audition for uh uh we know him now is as robin thick he was thick back in the day and um i've literally been with robin for 17 years wow <laughs> so i've been with him majority of my 20s and majority and and basically all of my all of my 30s you know right what was that magical moment a lot of people hint at thinking about this that you really felt okay i definitely am not only doing what i love but i've, I've really arrived this is really happening well uh life is hard but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier hi my name is blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. When I was able to pay my bills, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Doing this, right? Because, you know, being a musician is one of those things where <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a musician. I play drums. Oh, okay, that's cool. So what else do you do? You know what I'm saying? It's like nobody your real job. Yeah, what's your, what, oh, that's cool. That's a cute little hobby. But it's like, no, man, I've been able to, of course, I have other entrepreneurial you know, ventures, which we can get into, you know, a little bit later on. But, you know, for the most part, man, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to be a full-time, uh, a full-time musician. It hasn't been easy, but I've been a full-time musician, man, since, since I, uh, shit, man, since I graduated high school, wow. you know, I went to, I went and worked at FedEx. I worked a, uh, a, uh, graveyard job, right? Horrible, horrible idea. don't know what I was thinking, but at the time I was working graveyard, I was playing drums in church. And I was going, I was going to a community college and I was playing football. So wow. I was doing all of I was doing all of those things at, you know, probably 18 years old, right? And and I remember a buddy of mine was like, yo, man, you gonna have to choose. Like you, you either go play football, you go, you go play, uh, or you go play music. I'm like, all right, I'll be fine. And sure enough, during a practice, I got hurt. Mm -hmm. And I, as I was laying there on the ground, I said, I'm done. I'm gonna go play back, I'm gonna go play drums. Mm -hmm. And I just never looked back from that, from that point on. Sure. Let's talk about sort of one of those more difficult moments and not maybe so much the details if they're too personal, but but just making it through it, if at least that, because everyone knows or hopefully realizes at some point that we all have setbacks. And sometimes that's for a week and sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes it may even be for years. Yeah. Tell us about one of those um, types of experiences or some type of way that you felt you really were able to get through a, a very difficult uh, challenge? Well, um, again, like I said, I've been with, you know, the same artist for, for 17 years, right? There's, there's, there's ups and downs. Uh, there's pros and, not pros and cons per se, but you see everything, right? You know, where you're on top of the world, uh, literally traveling all over the place, private, private jets, business class, first class, you know, nice, restaurants and hotels working all the time to phones not ringing right. you know phones not ringing and you're faced with a challenge what do you do and you know do you go work at 
in and out do you go work at you know mcdonald's hell mcdonald's is you know they're hiring now 31 dollars an hour you know it's pretty, it's pretty good you know <laughs> exactly it's no joke yeah it's not a joke you know so um some of the trying times for me man was just that it was just when the phone wasn't ringing not because i wasn't doing what i was supposed to do but because that was just the season that i was in and for me, I looked at myself as a, I've always looked at myself as more than a more than a drummer. Um, you know, so I've been, you know, I invest in real estate. I, I uh, you know, have other business ventures. I just recently started a, a, tr- a trucking company, you know, so I, I get pretty bored pretty easily, man. So it's like I got to keep myself busy and keep myself active. And, you know, you have to diversify. But, you know, to kind of stick to the question, uh, God got me through. I really don't have, I really don't have a, uh, an answer, man, you know, uh, like a, a definitive answer. Like, Oh, I did this when it, I did whatever I had to do. I drove Uber. I, I, I drove Lyft, you know, I did whatever I had to do, but I never, I never took my eye off the prize, you know, and, and the pri- and the prize for me is continuing to do what I love to do while being, while being uh, financially free. Right. Well, that was something that came across when we were first talking. I so appreciate your humility and your candor. I many times tell people that I worked as a waiter for, you know, 30, I was well into my 30s. Um, wow. And I have no shame in it. If I had to go back tomorrow to do it, as long as I could carry the Absolutely. trays, I'd be happy to be a servant because I think if physically you're capable of working and you want to work, like you yeah. said, the opportunities will come and some will be better than others. But never should you look at yourself and feel like I'm a failure simply because things can't always go the way that I think they should go. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that that reference yeah. to the Lord. Like I said, a lot of us kind of grew up in the church, but it's it's refreshing to hear because many times people would feel too embarrassed to either admit that they were there at one time or they yeah. look, there's bills that gotta be paid and yeah. I've got a family, I've got to do some things that yeah. I don't mind as long as it's legal. I'm gonna do what yeah. it takes to to get the bills paid. My due season will come again. And it was it was a it was definitely a humbling a humbling time, you know. Uh, let's just say, for example, deciding, hey man, you gotta go drive Uber, or your bills are not gonna get paid. You know, get paid. You know, uh, at the time I was married, you know, so. You know, it was, look, you don't have any excuse. You got to do, you got to do any and everything you have to do. And like you said, I, I would do it all over again, man. I would do it. I would do it all over again. Uh, but it was definitely a humbling experience. But I think that humbling experiences are needed uh, because they shape your, they shape your character. You know, they shape your character, man. And you're in, and hopefully you're in a state of uh, forever gratefulness. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. Yes. No, many people say that you come out better on the other side, being uh, humble to not take some of the wonderful things that may happen, the ability to be able to cover bills, the ability to go someplace fancy, you take it seriously. I absorb and take the pictures and really try to enjoy it. And when there's times where it's like, okay, today, let's say it's going to be some ramen. Okay. You know, uh, got to roll with the punches. You know, you got you got to roll with the punches, man, because, you know, oftentimes I say in order to be served, you have to be a servant. You know what I mean? And and all of these experiences are just that it's experiences. Right. It's experiences that make you better. You know, so 
it's not always, oh my God, why are you, why are you taking me through this, God? I can't believe this. It's more like, okay, God, why are you taking me through this? Right. Show me. Right. So that I don't, hopefully I don't have to travel this road again. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like a Job experience in a sense. You know what I mean? I feel like I've been through my Job experience. Sure, right. To be honest sure. with you. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Like I said, I've, I've picked that up when we first started talking a few months ago, that that sense of confidence in yourself to not um, define yourself simply by your circumstances, but more by the content of your character. Um, yes, and that is a great transition point to talking about health. All of a sudden, you get an entity that only a few of us maybe have heard of, um, vitiligo. How did you learn about that and understand what it is and then come to really take charge of your health? Well, man, uh, you know, I woke up. I wouldn't say I woke up one day, but I, I, I took notice one day of a spot. And it was, I think it was a spot on my finger, on my, on my, uh, on my pinky finger. And uh, I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't remember, you know, scraping my finger, you know, it just, it just kind of looked like a scar that wasn't healing, you know? And I'm like, what is this? Right. Didn't pay attention to it. Kept doing what I was doing, whatever, whatever. Then more spots and some more spots and it started to spread. So then that's when I went to the dermatologist and they said, uh, you know, it, it seems like you've developed vitiligo. So I'm like, it was like, but you're perfectly healthy. Everything's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. What do I need to do? What's the cure? They said, uh, well, so about that, there is no cure. I'm like, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I can't accept that. Exactly. And, and, and truthfully, man, there is no cure, you know, for it. Um, you know, so I, I, I was a part of a study they asked me that I want to, you know, I, I got laser treatment, all that stuff, man. Nothing seemed to be working. Nothing seemed to be working. So I'm literally just looking at this immune deficiency spray and kind of take over and, and kind of take over parts of my body. And I'm just like, wow. Right. I'm just I, I'm like, wow. I, I don't I literally don't know what to say. You know, uh, you know, you have a ball spot. You just, just cut off all your hair. Right. You know, that's fine. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So. Not a big deal, but um, can't grow a beard. Okay, just wear a goatee. No big deal. But this right here, this was this was very, very, uh, very, very interesting for me. So, of course, after about a couple of months of treatment, I started to research. You know, I said, I, I said, I don't, I'm the type of person I really don't take no in a sense with certain things for for an answer. Like that's not the final. That can't be the final answer. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a dermatologist. You got to know yes. something, something. Right. So. I started to research, man, and, uh, you know, uh, researching Eastern medicine and all kind, all kind of things. And I did definitely confirm that it was an immune deficiency. And uh, to my surprise, it did, I did find out that it can be uh, uh, reversed. It takes a long time, but it can be reversed with vegetarian diet. Uh, it's a lot of things you got to cut out, you know, herbs, uh, because something is attacking your immune system. Uh, so, I mean, I'm very, very knowledgeable about the about the deficiency. Uh, and that same dermatologist actually asked me that I want to be a part of a study. And uh, so, you know, I did some research on it. I said, sure. And the study actually, the, the, it's, a, it's a topical cream that I would take. And it's actually helped out my face tremendously. Uh, um, uh, but with my hands, my hands kind of are still in the same place, you know, elbow. So a certain part of the body is that it doesn't. That for whatever reason it doesn't do anything for, uh, 
but I am optimistic, you know, uh, that with diet time, you know, not really stressing about it, yeah. you know, that, uh, that, uh, uh, uh it will, it, it'll turn around, it'll turn around, but I feel good about it because like I said, this cream, man, I mean, there's so many, there's a lot of people in this world that struggles with that, that struggle with Viligo. Some have accepted it, right? Cause this didn't start. This didn't, this didn't, you know, I wasn't born with this. Right. So I think it's a little different, a little different when you're in your late thirties, you know, and all of a sudden you, you, you discover that you develop something like this, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. What, what the heck, you know what I'm saying? So I, I feel very good and honored that I'm a part of a stage three study that's going to uh, uh, bring something to the market that's going to help people out. Sure. No, Sure. No, and that's also one of the things that I was so amazed by that you felt comfortable uh, talking about it and also taking charge of it. Um, yeah, vitiligo yeah. is a attack, like you said, from the immune system where the pigment producing cells um, simply don't function in the same way and right, really right. trying to see if there's some type of allergic reaction to something that we're eating or that we're bringing into our diet or maybe that's coming in contact with our skin. Um, right. And certainly trying to, as Lawrence has, see it as a wake-up call to really get on top of our health, try yeah. to optimize our immune system, minimize stress, which is yeah. always a good yeah. thing. Um, yeah. It can challenge our immune system is um, really one of the key reasons why we wanted to be able to talk about that at this time, because immune system and immune system diseases is something that people are thinking a lot more about uh, these days. And um, I just I just love that you've really taken charge of it. And instead of being afraid or feeling that it's right. some type of a curse, felt very comfortable to go and talk with people and bring out more information. Um, tell us some of the things you've done in this regard. I mean, I know you've done some other interviews and spoken to it, but I know it's something you take uh, very seriously. Yeah. Um, just as, as far as like things that I've changed in, in right. uh, mm -hmm. regards to this. Well, like I said, man, um, I went to see a holistic um, nutritionist and, you know, they, they looked in my eyes and he told me some of the things that that were that were that he saw, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, you know, parasites and, and different things with my blood. So basically we kind of went on the journey to clean my blood. You know, uh, to kind of just, you know, yeah, just just kind of clean my blood, if you will. And, uh, you know, and so, I, like I said, I take a lot of herbs, you know, um, I'm actually on more of a um, I'm actually more on the fruits. I'm supposed to be, I should say, more on the fruits and, and, and veggie diet. You know, so this right here, this is a juice, man, strawberries and just fresh, you know, fresh juice. I just drink the hell out of it, you know, and I really, really have seen a, uh, a difference. And most importantly, I felt a difference because here's the other thing that I didn't say regarding the dermatologist, right? Like I felt like they were just giving me this stuff, giving me this stuff. I felt like a rat. I felt like a rat, you know what I mean? Like just a lab rat, but no one's asking, no one, no one ever asked me, and I'm not gonna put them on blast, but no one asked me, what are you eating? Right. How are you eating? Right. How's your stress? Sure, exactly what nothing, right. nothing, nothing. They didn't ask me any of these things. And one time, you know, I was in there and I was talking to the dermatologist and I was, you know, explaining to her just kind of like how I was feeling. And it's like my hands, nothing's going on with my hands. And it was just like, okay, well, you know, it's really nothing we could do. So I left out of that office and I had two options. I can just accept what they're telling me or right. I can really, really get down and dirty with it, man. And that's when. I think that's when I went to go see the, uh, the holistic nutritionist. 
And I just really started researching, just said, no, 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 no. I got to, I got to do something. I got to do something. So that's when I changed my diet. I realized that, well, no, okay. Dairy's not good for me. Dairy's not good for any of us really. You know what I mean? Um, uh, uh, you know, what else? A red meat. I didn't really eat a lot of red meat anyway, but it's like, I really don't eat much red meat and even chicken. I don't eat a lot of chicken, right. you know? So if I do want some meat or anything like that, you know, I'll do turkey. And again, I, I will eat chicken. I will have an In-N-Out burger every now and again, but mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, but for the most part, man, I kind of just stay away from, I stay away from as much cooked food as I possibly can. Sure. No, I mean, I think more and more this movement continues to grow and people realize that we really do have to think a lot more about what we're putting into our bodies. I think it's a natural reaction to say it's too expensive to eat healthy. And we know that many times in our communities and in airports and in places where there's lots of fast food restaurants, it's not just it's not just uh, in, in the inner city areas that it can be a challenge to make sure that we find healthy things to eat. But I'm so encouraged by your story and also your tenacity to take it very seriously and then go out and feel comfortable letting other people know, hey, it's okay to cheat here and there, so to speak, but sure. eating healthier, being more in charge of your health because the doctors you know, may only do so much or can only do so much. And yeah. we have to be more responsible for our health, yeah. not only individually, but also certainly as a people. Yeah, agreed. And, and I... I really, again, man, my mindset, mindset is everything. So, you know, I feel like if I was living in a cardboard box and like, I still feel like I still can get to the mountain, to the mountaintop, man, living in a, in a house, you know, of my, of my liking on the hill, man. So I just feel like, you know, I don't really agree with the, the stigma that 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 we put on oh it's too expensive right because if we go to the doctor and the doctor says you you have you have this or you have that and you only have x y and z to live if you don't change these things it doesn't matter how much it costs right i agree you're gonna go do uber every single day if it you know and and do whatever you have to do to go make that money so i you know in order to not die you know, so I just kind of look at it like that, man. Like, you know, I'm not saying, yeah, it, it may be too expensive for you to spend $600 a week on, on fruits and vegetables and all this type of food. That's fine. You don't have to do that. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, our health is important, man. I went somewhere today. and I'm not knocking anybody that eats McDonald's. But, you know, I went I went somewhere today to pick up. I worked on a project, so I went to go pick up something. And uh, they gave me $3 change. And they said, uh, oh, now you can go to the dollar menu. And you can go get something off the dollar menu. I was like, the what? What are you talking about? It was like, oh, McDonald's. I was like, oh, I said, I haven't eaten McDonald's in, in at least 10 years. Right. You know, my son, I've never, ta- I've never ever taken my son to McDonald's. Right. You know, um, you know, it, it, just certain fast food, I just, just, just no good. You know, that, that's a whole nother, whole nother conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean, because I'm not saying that I'm the healthiest, the healthiest eating person, but I am not the least healthiest eating person, you know what I mean? So I'm just very, I'm very uh, health, health, health conscious. And I really just try my best to convey that to, to the people that I, really to the people that I love, man. Sure. You know? No, absolutely. Let's talk about um, health and fitness in terms of uh, any exercise. Are there some things that you do to try to not only keep in shape, but also just to be able to continue to drum for such a long period of time? It is an intensely demanding uh, activity and certainly keeping up with multiple assignments and gigs and all of yeah. that. How do yeah. you manage all of that? Well, 
that was one of the things too, you know, uh, the, the nutritionist told me, he said, you know, you got to get back to working out the way that you did, you know, uh, and I, you know, I was, a, I, I worked out, man, I worked out a lot. I worked out a lot, especially in high school. I played football and ran track and stuff like that. I, I really, really worked out and I enjoyed it, you know, but I just think that, you know, when life happens, you know, those, that's one of the things that that's put on the back burner, but, you know, I've recently, man, uh, I just really make it a priority now just jump back in the gym and I really started hitting the gym hard during the pandemic. You know, uh, it wasn't nothing, wasn't nothing else to do. But <laughs> more yeah. You know what I mean? You have no excuse. So, uh, um, I just, you know, I, I'll run, you know, I, I've, uh, uh, I've adopted running, man. So I'll run anywhere from, you know, two to two to four miles, you know, three times, three minimum, three times a week. You know, uh, and I'm just kind of just I, I, I've, uh, I've turned on the love for for running, man, you know, because uh, I love to sweat. So that's one of the best ways to sweat, man. So and that was that was actually one of the things that the the neuro, uh, not neurologist, Jesus, the uh, nutritionist oh, told me. He said, you need to sweat. You know, these things I ain't telling you nothing you don't no, know. No, but, but I appreciate you hearing it because that's the whole purpose here is to really try to have people that yeah. are very relatable talk. Because otherwise, like you said, some docs may discuss it, others don't. But um, when somebody's living through the experience, other people can grow from it. Right. Yes, for sure, man. So I just make it a point, man, just to be intentional with my eating. Uh, if I'm if I'm going to eat bad, I'm intentionally eating bad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, you know, being intentional with my eating, being intentional with my uh with my health, with my, with my working out, man, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy it, you know, and I plan on being around for a long time if God says the same, you know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. Our show is called Music and Medicine. What does that uh, mean to you? Man, what is music? And it's very, it's a very uh, unique title, if you will. So, um, music and medicine, man, I don't know. You should have seen me this question before this. <laughs> Interviews, I could have pondered on it a little bit more. Um, I have a feeling that was your point, catching me off guard a little bit, huh? Right. Uh, huh. If I had to think about it, right, I would look at it this way. Music is medicine, right? Music is medicine because even just like, let's say, for example, the pandemic, right? It was music that got people through. Yes, and I and I know for me personally, man, like, you know, people ask me what type of music you listen to. I listen to all type, types of music, but some of my favorite music is worship music, gospel yeah. music. Yeah. You know, uh, when I'm when I'm having a moment or when I'm not, you know, uh, uh, you know, so music is medicine for me. That's what that would mean. That, that's what that would mean for me. Absolutely. And there's no wrong answer. Like you said, yeah. I, do, I love when it's spontaneous because I think it's much more sincere it can mean so many different things to so many different people we just think there can be a connection and want to sort of explore some of the connections but the possibilities are endless um tell us a little bit about where we can find you uh what you're up to what you're planning all right uh you can find me on uh (laughs) i'll say instacart instagram (laughs) at uh at uh i am Lawrence Bro. Again, that's I am Lawrence Bro. And uh Facebook, I am I think it's Lawrence Bro on Facebook. Uh what am I up to? Uh like I said, I'm an entrepreneur, man. So I, I have many ventures. Um I've recently started a trucking and logistics company. So I'm just about to get my truck out on the out on the road. So I'm really, really excited. Uh really, really excited for that. You know, because like I said, I just love ventures and I love ventures outside of music. 
Uh, then from a music standpoint, I am almost done with my with my first with my debut. I guess we can call it debut EP. So I'm almost done with that, man. I'm about 85%, 90% done with that, man. So I'm looking forward to releasing that uh probably within the next the next couple of months. Sure. No, and, absolutely. We're looking forward to it. I mean, it's just been a pleasure from the moment I started talking to you. And I still you, want man. to be able to do this. Uh shout out to Chris Bridges for pulling yeah, sir, Chris. Yeah. Chris yeah. made it happen. Literally. Yeah, literally. Literally, man. No, I I appreciate it, man. I, I, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And uh it's kind of just, you know, kind of slowing everything down just a little bit, man, just to really talk about some things that really matter, you know, music and medicine. Exactly. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I could say it better. We uh we're delighted and I know it'll only be a matter of time before we meet up. We kind of Absolutely. have gotten used to using this medium and and yeah. it can certainly work and it's a great intro, I feel. And uh hopefully at some point we'll uh, catch you in the studio or on set. Sounds good, sir. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. All the best. Absolutely. I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.